The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. To do with the, the great value and benefits of generosity, encouragement to do it. And some of, them, some of those messages have to do with uh, uh, don't be generous or don't be generous to certain people or be guarded in how you do it. And there's all kinds of, kind of a variety of different messages we get about generosity. And, and, uh, and I think that in order to really uh, delve into the practice of generosity and the liberating potential of generosity, it's helpful to look at some of our conditioning around generosity. So what I'd like you to do is to have a discussion where you explore um, what is your uh, own family history and uh, cultural history, life experience history around generosity that informs your understanding of generosity. What did you learn about generosity growing up or locally? I mean, some of the stuff you might have outgrown, but uh, what were some of the messages you got about generosity as a young person in your family or in the religion of upbringing or in the community of upbringing or something that you had? What have you learned about generosity? What, did you, what, what conditionings did you receive about it? Um, is that clear enough? Yeah. Okay. So uh, for this one, I think it'll be also, because it's so personal, I think it's also good to uh, go into pairs. And, um, and, and, uh, and this time we'll have a little bit longer to do it than the last time. So there might be five, six minutes where you have this monologue. And one person's job is mostly just to listen. And um, I mean, you might nod, you might, it's okay to ask a very simple question, but the listener's job is really to listen, to be a witness. And when you do these longer kind of monologues, uh, the hope is that the monologue is long enough that uh, the obvious things you might always say, you already say quickly, and then you start finding you're kind of stretching yourself, your mind, your heart kind of begins to explore and moving into new territory that you hadn't really thought about before. Oh yeah, that as well, that as well. And here also, what I said this morning, be very careful about uh, telling a story. Because this, this kind of reflection, you're, not, you're doing for yourself. It's really a kind of a personal reflection, exploration on this topic, as opposed to telling the other person. The other person is a witness this time. As you do your own reflection, it's for your own sake you're saying this and exploring. So normally in conversations, we're like we're talking to someone, for someone, explaining to someone, and that's kind of the direction it's going. Uh, this is not that kind of conversation. This is really a, a time for you to really speak to yourself, explore out loud something with a witness present. What that means is that if you have a story to tell, to explain you know, some aspect of this, uh, you know the story. So it doesn't really serve you maybe to have a long, tell a long story. So you might tell a story in an abbreviated way. Uh, and the, the person listening doesn't have to understand you. Because it's not for their sake that you're telling this, you're, you're, you're doing the, you're really exploring it for yourself. Does that make sense? So it's a very different way of speaking, and it's more of a contemplative way of speaking and exploring. And, um, and so uh, five, six minutes of just kind of doing this and exploring and with a witness and see what comes up. And then uh, I'll ring a bell at some point, and like we did last time, we'll take a minute or so to be quiet to make a transition and then I'll ring the bell and then you can switch roles. And then after that, we'll take another minute to be quiet, to make a transition, and you'll have a chance to have a little bit of discussion between the two of you how all that went.
Okay? So you can find a partner and 